It's Thursday, September 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Deep Value, Ron Gross. Happy Thursday. It is always a happy Thursday around the Motley Fool. Is it? Sure. I thought you were going to say, it's always a happy Thursday when you're here in the studio. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Chris. You know you can always count on me. You know what, though? As anyone who has ever, and a few of our listeners have come by Fool HQ, as anyone who has ever actually seen this studio, Mm. the acoustics are great. Sure. But holy cow, this is a drab looking it's, room. It's drab and it's a li- there's wires everywhere. It's 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 an accident waiting to happen. It's a, it is a symphony in 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 battleship gray. It's just everywhere you look, it's gray. gray. Um, we're not going to talk about the Federal Reserve because we're taping this before they make their announcement. And all those other guys are doing that. Uh, they're all doing that. We did a little bit of that earlier in the week. We're not going to talk about that um, because you know what? There were there was actual. News today from companies, and that's what we do here at the Motley Fool. Is we focus on businesses, so there were companies with earnings. But let's start with the deal of the day, which is Cablevision, the mm. New York City-based cable company, being bought by, frankly, a company I had never heard of. I was wondering if you'd be able to pronounce it. I was going to look it up. Altice. Okay, I'll go with that. A L T I C E. Yeah, uh-huh. It is a um, a European-based mm-hmm. Amsterdam yeah. um, uh, communications company. Yeah, telecommunications. And what is the price tag here? I've seen ten billion, and I've seen seventeen and a half billion. The seventeen and a half, I'm assuming, is the correct number because that assumes all the debt. Correct. Seventeen point seven billion includes ten billion dollars of Cablevision debt. They do have a decent amount of debt. Um, so the company is going to Altice will issue fourteen point five billion dollars worth of shares um, to raise capital for this, and then use an additional three point three billion dollars of cash that they have on hand. That will add up to the seventeen seven, um, which includes the debt. Yeah, this is a pretty ambitious move by this company because uh, I think it was earlier this year they bought Suddenlink, right? Um, a Midwest nine, nine billion back then. Yeah, yeah, Midwest uh, based cable company. So clearly they're moving into the U.S. and it's not like they've got bags of money lying around. <laughs> no, this is this is a this is a. Big number. This is a lot of money to pay. They're paying a 22% premium um, to the the price of Cablevision yesterday. They're not getting the stock on the cheap. Um, for those that like to chat about valuation, and of course, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, it's probably about 10 times EBITDA, which is is a, a quick and dirty measure of cash flow. Um, not the cheapest, but also not ridiculous. You're not going to get a company like Cablevision on the cheap. Uh, Altice is known um, as a really um, great cost cutter. Um, we hate the word synergies, but they often find synergies in the companies they acquire. They can cut out some costs. So maybe in a sense, once you do that, you're getting this for nine times um, or so here or there. Not too bad, but also not dirt cheap. But the bottom line is Altice really wants, to, as you say, enter the U.S. market. They want to bring what they call the quadruple play. We're more familiar with the triple play, perhaps. Here in the U.S., um, they're big on the quadruple play, which combines TV, mobile, landlines, and high-speed internet. Um, we do have pockets of that here in the U.S., but they're they're really focused on bringing that um, to us, and uh, it's it's a great entrance for them here to to get into that New York market. Three billion, three million um, subscribers. They can't imagine that landlines. Are a growth part of the business? <laughs> no, they can't. But but for those of us that are over 30, 40, we I yeah. still I still got one. I, we still have a landline in our house, but it's mainly just because um, for emergencies. 
Is that true? Yeah, it's just for you know because the, the you know if if my nine year old needs to dial nine one one for some reason. Okay, it's, that's fair. It's but basically that. I must be a dinosaur though because I really don't like talking on cell phones. I don't like the interaction. You can't really talk at the same time as another person. It's you have to wait and then you talk over someone and they say what do you say? Yeah, I'm just an old guy. No, I I think you're not alone in feeling like that. I was I was just gonna say I I'm I'm. Always a little bit surprised when the home phone rings. When the landline <laughs> rings, I just sort of look around like, wait a minute, what? Oh, right, that's right. And and the thing is, uh, it's it's almost never someone I want to talk to. No, it's it's a solicitor of for something or a school announcement, uh, automated something like that. Yeah, but you know, bottom line, um, getting back to the business. Yeah, hand, exactly. I, I do think this is a, this is a nice um, purchase for Altice. Uh They had wanted to, if you if you remember, they had wanted to buy Time Warner Cable. Uh, but charter com- charter communications beat them to it, so they went back to the drawing board and said, "Okay, you know, we can still enter the U.S. market in a pretty big way through Cablevision." Um, the Dolan family controls Cablevision seventy percent plus, uh, I think, is the number. Um, so, of course, they've agreed um, to, to make the sale here, and and I think Altice will do a nice job cutting costs and moving the business forward. I think if you are Comcast or Charter, you're, I think you're. Keeping an eye on Altice. I don't think you're necessarily worried so much. Um, it's it's not as big as as those two companies, right. but clearly there is a direction that this company is headed in. And uh, um, I mean, it, they're they're not necessarily keeping this to themselves. Right, right. And and they are an acquisition minded company. They are interested in becoming more of a global player, really all over the world. And I think whether we see them continue to do things in the U.S. Is, remains to be seen. But I think we'll certainly continue to see them make acquisitions. Let's move on to Oracle, a much bigger company, yeah. um, although getting a little smaller today. <laughs> uh, fourth quarter revenue uh, came in a little light. Um, you know their cloud business is looking pretty that, good. Yeah, that's what it's about. But but um, but the legacy business not so much. Yeah, right. The the software licensing business, what what we call the legacy business, has been struggling, and it is certainly hasn't. It's not just Oracle. It's it's across the board. Na- name a company in this business that isn't moving to the cloud, um, which which you have to do. But but on the other side of the coin, that makes it a very competitive business. But they are doing a good job. But that cloud business is still only seven percent of revenue. Um, even though it's growing nicely, twenty nine percent increase I want to say for the quarter in the cloud business, but still just a small part of the business. The legacy business continues to struggle. Um, profits were down twenty percent um, for the for Oracle for the quarter, being hit by the, those you know nasty foreign currency translations that we're seeing everyone with with um, overseas exposure getting hit by. So once you um, kind of take that into account, profits were down probably about eight um, percent. So not, certainly not as bad as twenty, but you know still down. And you know they continue to struggle. Uh, the one good thing I think going forward is that they've been spending so much money building out their data centers to, to grow this cloud business. That is largely behind them now, so those expenses will start to slow down, and we should see, start to see an uptick in margins, at least in that cloud business, which is great. However, as I said, it's still a small part of the business. Yeah, the, I want to go back to the currency thing for a second because it's it's. Um I don't get the sense that they're necessarily making excuses. I I, I don't get that tone from them. So it, it but it, as you said, that that is a very real thing. They're not alone. There are a ton of companies that are dealing with the strength of the U.S. dollar, and that that does 
that does hit them. Certainly not alone, and and they certainly would never um, exclude that conversation um, when discussing the corridor. For example, revenue was up two percent, rather anemic, still up, which is nice. But it would have been up seven percent, which which is is nicely higher if the currency impacts um, weren't hurting them so badly. So it is important as as an investor, as an analyst, to understand why certain numbers are moving around. Oracle has been so successful for so long that it's now at this point where it's. I think the market cap is somewhere in the neighborhood of 165 billion. It's obviously not going anywhere, and as as you said, the margins should start to improve given all the investments they've made. But as a stock, I have to say this is this is nowhere near my watch list. This is you know, and it's it's right. It's succeeded for a very long time, although. It has lost to the market over the last few years, pretty steadily. True. A lot of these these really large tech companies that were so big when I was really coming up, you know, whether it was the '80s or even the '90s, whether it's you know the Oracles of the world and and I mean Cisco is Oracle, those yeah. types of companies don't really interest me. It, it, they're transitioning their businesses. It's very hard um, unless you're really in the know from a technology perspective to to understand the differentiation. There's so much competition, whether it's SAP or IBM or Microsoft in this space, Salesforce com coming on real strong very difficult to, to analyze from from an investment perspective and this is a very small thing and it doesn't show up on the balance sheet but I, I think it does matter in a small way the story that a company is able to tell the one sentence description the elevator pitch whatever you want to call it in the 90s Oracle and Cisco systems beyond everything they had going for them they also were able to basically say, we're building the internet. Yeah, extremely internet, exciting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that and it's easy to wrap your head around as an investor if you're working with a financial advisor. Again, the the shorthand pitch for what the company does now not that, as exciting. That, that's not the case. And really not as, as easy to understand. Rite Aid, third largest pharmacy in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a mixed quarter, I guess. I mean, the revenue looked pretty good. The 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 profit came in lower than expected. The stock taking a little bit of a hit today. Yeah, even a, more than a little bit. Maybe I, I was going to say, and by a little bit, we I mean ten percent. Um, it's that's confusing that 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 big a hit um, because profits were certainly whacked, but there's a lot of one-time charges here that are associated with the retirement of debt and the acquisition of Envision RX. And investors would typically strip those out and and not really punish the company so much for them. Um, and so I'm surprised by the, the the extent of of the decline in the stock. The one thing that is weak and isn't going away anytime soon is um, lower pharmacy reimbursements. Um, these generic drugs are not being reimbursed at the the same rate as the prices are going up, and that that is hurting really everyone across the board. That is true weakness. I would understand selling the stock off a bit because of that to the tune of ten percent. That's a that's a little confusing to me. I do understand that they cut full year guidance again, partly because of these one time charges. We should strip those out, partly because of the reimbursement situation. Um, so as you said, a, a mixed bag, perhaps being punished too much. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens over the next few weeks. I mean. When you look at the stock, it is it is so much smaller than CVS Health. Oh yeah, it is. I think one fifteenth the size, and yet 
it's clearly a, a decent operator, and the stock performance. I mean, even with this ten percent sell-off, the stock up more than forty percent over the last year. Yeah, and even still up a little bit this year, a couple couple percent. Um, so not too bad. Market's obviously not been so strong this year, so that's not too shabby. Stock's trading, let's say nine times EBITDA. Not cheap, not too expensive, kind of like right in the middle there. If you believe that they're good operators in this reimbursement, um, especially in the the Medicare Part D uh, segment, kind of works its way out over time as as rates reimbursement rates rise. Not a bad stock to own. I want to get to drugstore items in a second, and particularly, <laughs> I, and I'm springing this on you. Yes, I, you I, are. I didn't yes. give you the heads up. That's on all right. This, but I want you, I, I want you to think about something you could buy in a drugstore over the counter. That's overrated or underrated. Okay. Either one. You think about that. I have. I do have an announcement, um, uh, which is we have a a revamped uh, career site on Fool.com, and I encourage folks to check it out. It's careers.fool.com is the URL. That's careers.fool.com. If you're interested in what it's like to work here at the Motley Fool, we've got information on on all of that. We've also posted all of our open job positions, um, not just here in Alexandria, but in the UK, in Germany, in Australia. So, check that out if you're interested, careers.fool.com. I have to say, the site itself just looked yeah, really Yeah, they did a really nice job. They did a really nice job with it. So, uh, kudos to our colleagues working on that. Uh, I'm just going to throw out one underrated drugstore item that, and I'm not going to say which one of our coworkers <laughs> Will I be gave, able to guess? gave me this. Okay. Um, uh, but he said, uh, you know what's underrated? Pedialyte. Which, which <laughs> well, for, someone has a, a kid. For parents of young children, right. Pedialyte, you know, if your kid is sick and, and it's a. And, um, and it's, this, it's and, like Gatorade, but it has a pharmacy sounding right. name. And this person um, does not have young children. And he said, you, oh. know, the, you know, the thing about Pedialyte, it really helps with hangovers. Yeah. So that's <laughs> underrated. But what do you think in terms of right. underrated, overrated? So, overrated, and I'm guilty of it, are the you know $7,000 per container razor blades. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the most expensive item, clearly. Yes, um, per per item uh, in the store, and I'm as guilty as the next guy. I do pay up. You're not tempted at all by like Dollar Shave Club. I've or? tried. I've actually did Dollar Shave Club. I wasn't happy with the quality of the shave. Okay, um, so I pay up, and I cringe every time I do it. Underrated, and I'm glad I thought of this. Is the private label bags of candy up at the counter? So you can get like you know something like Sour Patch Kids, but it's not called Sour Patch Kids. Cheaper, and often you can get like two bags for the price of one. There's always these deals there, especially at Halloween time. Tip for everyone out there: look at the private label candy. Private label candy. There you go. What drugstores are you going? I don't. It's, I don't think there are any. In, in. <laughs> There's always a, a CVS brand or or a, or a Walgreens brand um, of similar type knockoff. Um, probably even made by the same companies that make the actual brand name stuff, and they're always cheaper. Wow, that's a nice pro tip. Thank you. And 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 very timely, given that we've got Halloween coming up. Yes. And, and it's not really coming up. It's 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 a while. Well over a month I, away. I grabbed but a pumpkin already... yesterday, uh, one with the faces paint on it because we don't typically decorate that much. I said this year we're going to do it. I took a pumpkin and put it in my cart, and then I realized what date it was, yeah. and I put it right back. Yeah, I went, <laughs> I went into the grocery store the other day with my son, and 
right there at the front, huge display of pumpkins, right. and his eyes just lit up. I was like, buddy, <laughs> a couple of weeks. We're, we're, we're nowhere close to buying pumpkins. <laughs> right. Thanks for being here, man. My pleasure. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.